When I uh, went to Minister Study Week, one of the points that the teacher said was that you're always supposed to leave some cookies on the bottom shelf when you preach. Don't preach way up here and make sure that the children some cookies on the bottom shelf. So we're going to we're going to uh, have some cookies on the bottom shelf this morning. So I'm going to ask all school-aged children to come out and move up into these two sides here. All the way up to 12th. If you're going to be in yeah, 12th grade, whatever, children and youth, if you want to call it that, just just, uh, just fill up these two corners. Can we get all of them on six benches? I think maybe. Thank you. Everybody situated? You bring your pencil and paper? You got a message this morning and bring pencil and paper. If you have one, if you don't have one, that's fine too. So we're going to have a sermon for the children this morning. There we go. And the title of the sermon is My Back to School List. All right? <clears throat> That's the title of the sermon, my back-to-school list. All right, so if you have a back-to-school list, what, what, do you put, what do you buy to go to school? What do you need to go to school? Okay, a pencil, all right. Paper, books, eraser, backpack. Yes. Okay, lunchbox and water bottle. Yes. Food. Okay, yeah, you don't want to go to school and be hungry, would you? See, lots of things you can you need to buy to go to school, right? So, um, where do you go to buy these? Pardon? To the store. Yeah, you can go to Walmart and buy all these things that we talked about. Or you can go to Shopco or whatever, and, and, uh, and you have this big, long list that you need to go to school. Yes? Okay, your mom doesn't buy books. She orders them. Okay, good. She, yeah, we don't buy our books at Walmart, do we? No, we buy our pens and pencils at Walmart, but we don't buy our books at Walmart. Walmart don't have very good school books. I don't even know if they even have school books. But anyhow, so you may be going to school. Maybe you don't need a backpack because you have homeschool, but that's okay too. But you still need all these things. But did you know there's a lot of things that you need to go to school that you can't buy at Walmart? Did you know that? Of all the lists of things that you need to go to school, a lot of the lists you can buy at Walmart, and those are important things because you can't have school without a pencil or a paper. Uh, you know, well, they used to. I guess they had slates and they had uh, chalk. And, but, but did you know the most important list, school list, that you need to take to school is found in the Bible? Did you know that? Now the Walmart one's okay, but the most important one that you 
need to go to school is in the Bible. And so we're going to look at the things. My back to school list, we're going to, we're going to look at the things that the Bible says we need to take to school. All right? So the first one is respect. And you, this is where your pencil and paper comes in. All right? What would it be like to have a school without respect? And the teacher says, it's time for devotions. And one of the students says, I think you should go jump in the lake. Would that work? No, that wouldn't work. That wouldn't work. You have to respect the teacher. You have to respect your, the other students in school. And it's important that we have we respect. You know, one of, the, one of the Ten Commandments is that we need to love God with our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And that, is, that means we need to respect God. And another one is that we need to obey our parents. And so that's all part of respect. The Bible says the children should obey their parents in the Lord. That means we need to respect our parents. If our parents tell us to do something, then we need to do it. And one of the best ways that we can show respect is obedience. When the teacher tells us something to do, when anyone in authority tells us to do if the policeman tells us to do something, then we need to do it. That, that shows, that is one of the best ways to show that we have respect. And unfortunately, when I was in school, I didn't always show respect like I should have. And I'm ashamed of that today. One time in fourth grade, my teacher said that we needed to do something. And I said, so why do we need to do that? And she said, that's the rule. And I was very disrespectful, and I said, well, I think you can take your rules and throw them out all over the fence. And you know what happened? I got spanked good. Because I was disrespectful, and I needed to be spanked good. And you know what else happened? The rule in our house was when you got spanked at school, you got spanked at home. So I deserved a second one, too. And I got one when I got home. And my dad said, you don't ever talk to a teacher like that. And I learned the hard way that I needed to have respect. The Bible says also, you should love your neighbor. So who's your neighbor? Yeah. Your schoolmates. Yeah. Jesus said, your neighbor is the person that's right beside you. Like the man, you know, that was hurt, and you know, the the he got stolen from and beat up, and 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 Jesus said the man that helped him, he was the one that really loved him, and he was being a good neighbor. So we have to have respect. Now, number two, we have to have a willingness to learn. to learn. 
you ever tried to tell somebody something and they didn't even want to hear you? They, they tried to teach you something and, and, and they were not interested? You know, the Bible says that as Jesus was growing up, the Bible says he grew inside and outside. And that doesn't, it doesn't say it exactly like that. It says he drew, grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. So he grew inside, wisdom. He grew outside in stature. He got taller and taller and taller. And did you ever meet someone that acted like a baby when they were way too old? You know, maybe they were out in school and they'd cry like a baby. And you think, grow up. I mean, you're too tall to be crying like a baby. But we have to a willingness to learn. So Jesus grew in wisdom. So we kind of grow tall automatic, but let's grow in wisdom. We need to grow in wisdom. And we gotta be ready to learn. Willing to learn. Now number three is humility. We need to Take this to school. Remember, we're making a school list here. And when we go back to school, we need to take humility with us. Now, I, I never, well, how can I say this? Uh, I was never very good at much in school. All right, so I didn't have a whole lot to be proud of. I'm not going to say I was never proud, all right? But it didn't seem like I had a whole lot to be proud of. But there was one thing that I was good at, and I was probably better at it than any other boy in my class. And guess what that was? It was penmanship. Now, I'll see if I can still do very good. Now, I couldn't do as good as the girls, because girls have very good writing. But I was the best boy in school in penmanship. So let's see if we can do it. If you're practicing penmanship, you have to have a line to tell whether you're staying on the line or not, right? So let's make a line. Is that okay? I don't write like that very often. But every once I did, wow, I do it for fun. It's usually like. Kind of like that. And I end up like Mark was at the other meeting and the other day, and he, he looked and he says, Just give me a minute or so, I've got to be able to read my own writing. 
All right. When I was good at penmanship in fourth grade, that was the same grade I got whipped for sassing off the teacher. Humility. Um, you ever meet somebody who thought they knew it all and they were very proud? You know, we have to remember that it doesn't matter how old we are, we have a, a lot to learn. You, you think that when you, a man is like me is 60, 61, almost 62, that you would know pretty much whatever there is to know. But that is not true. Not true. Oh, absolutely not true. Um, I'm going to write an answer to a qu uh, problem on the board here. All right. That's an answer to the algebra problem. You know what that means? I'm going to give you a secret. I don't have a clue what that means. Not the slightest clue what that means. You know what that means? That means I have a lot to learn about algebra. You know how much I know about algebra? That much. Zero. So, even if you're the best in class, don't ever get proud because, you know what? There is so much more to learn that you know nothing about. It doesn't matter how old you are. So that help, should help us to be humble. You know, some children, we call them special children. They may go to school for 10 years and still only understand the things that you and I learned in second grade. And then there's other children. One time I was invited to speak at a graduation and all the 18-year-olds. And all at once, at the end, there was this little boy, I thought. I said, what's he doing up here? He was 14 years old, and he was graduating at 14 years old. Didn't seem like he had a whole lot of interest in graduating. That didn't seem to mean a whole lot to him, because as soon as the graduation was over, he was out between the cars with his peers kicking the gravel, telling stories. Anyhow, didn't, anyhow he graduated at 14. By 18, he was through college, and by 21, he was a doctor. Now, how does that make me feel? That makes me feel like a real, real, real dummy. Doesn't it? But even, you know, God made us the way we are. And so we need to be humble. Even though we may be better than somebody else, 
in school. Number four. Ready to succeed. You know, if you're going to succeed, you're going to have to want to succeed. If you go to school saying, oh, I'm just going to get F's all the time, and I don't really care, and oh, whatever, and that's what you'll get. You need to want to succeed. You need to be willing to succeed. And when you do something well, it helps us to want to succeed some more. And so, maybe last year was hard year for you in school. I don't know. Some years seem to be easier than school than other years. So maybe next year will be an easier year. But even if you think it's hard, don't give up. Try to succeed. How well we do has a lot to do, how well we do in school has a lot to do with our attitude. My attitude. Now I want to tell you something. You Please don't tell very many other people. But I got F in school. I got F in school. You know what it was? Spelling. I got F in school. And I brought my report card home, and my mom looked at that report card, and her eyes got big. And she said, we're going to do something about this. For the next quarter, you need to take, bring your spelling book home every single night. Now, guess what my grade was at the end of the next quarter? A. I got an A in spelling. What does that tell you? That tells you that I could have got an A all the time in spelling, but I didn't care. That was my problem. Not that I had a learning disability. Yeah, well, I guess I did have a learning disability. It was my attitude. It was standing in the way between an F and an A. So we should be ready to succeed. We shouldn't expect to get Fs. We should expect to get good grades. Number five. We need to have a determination to work hard. That's what we need to take to school. That should be on our back-to-school list. A determination to work hard. Proverbs 13.4 says, The soul of the sluggard. You know what a sluggard is? What's a sluggard? A lazy person. 
A sluggard is a lazy person. The soul of the sluggard desireth and hath nothing. But the soul of the diligent will be made fat. That's in Proverbs 13.4. You know what that's saying? The lazy man, he sits around and he says, Oh man, I wish I could get an A in spelling, but he's so much of a sluggard he gets enough. And he sits around and he wishes and he wishes and he wishes. And the Bible says he's just sitting around wishing. He ain't going to get nothing. But if you're diligent, you're going to be successful. So to go to school and expect not to work hard, what's going to happen? You're going to fail, right? So you go to school you know you're going to have to work hard, and so you're ready to work hard, and you do work hard. You've got to be determined to work hard, even though it's tough. Even though you didn't, you never done it before. be honest, uh, during Sunday school, I was nervous because I never did this kind of thing before. And, and I was, ah, well, is this going to work or isn't it going to work? But anyhow, so this, even how, no matter how old you are, there's things you never did before, and they look huge, but you need to determine to get in there and, and work. In Philippians 4.13, it says, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. So if, if it looks huge, you ask God to help you. You know, this lesson looks huge. Would you please help me? Give me wisdom to do this lesson. Number six, we need courage. No, we need courage. You know what? Fear makes us miserable. Oh, I'm so afraid that I'm going to get a failing grade. I'm afraid that this lesson is going to be too hard. And I'm afraid of this. And I'm afraid of that. And, and we're just miserable. But courage makes us like David when he met Goliath. Did Goliath look big? I mean, he did look big, didn't he? He was as high as a ceiling almost. And David was probably about this tall. And he was huge. But he did his best for God. And then God helped him. Right? David just didn't walk up to Goliath and say, I wish you was dead. And God poop like that. No. He had to sling the stone, so he did the best he could, and God made it go where he wanted to go, and the giant was dead. Right? So we got to do our part and let God help him. Maybe math is your giant. You know how you can slay the giant? You ever hear of flashcards? You can, you can, you can slay the giant of math with flashcards. Just keep going till you can just rattle them right off, and that. You can slay that giant. Maybe you're a giant's language arts. You know, your giant might be... I always 
kind of like recess. But your giant might be recess. And you say, well, why would your giant be recess? Well, my giant at recess was when they said, let's play softball. I had to be the worst softball player in in my grade. I mean, I couldn't. I throw the ball at first base and it land somewhere between first base and home. And you're supposed to hold a bat like this, I'm told. But I always held a bat like this. And they say that's cross-handed. And if you hit cross-handed, you can't hit nothing. Well, this is about right. And if I did hit it, it always went up in the air and it popped out and I was out. So I hated, I did not like softball. I, I still don't really like softball. But then they came and they said, you know, this is like in sixth grade. And so they said, you know, the third graders need someone to play with them in the playground. And I don't know if the teacher couldn't, what, what the whole circumstances were, but they need. So I volunteered to help play with the third graders. And I could play ball as well as the third graders, so I, I fit in pretty good right there with the third graders. So I helped slay my giant by helping somebody smaller than me, and I enjoyed it. Maybe it's art. I don't know. Is it art? You like art? Now, I brought some art projects along. Let me see. Where are they? I had to dig real deep, and they're all wrapped in old newspaper from way back. You ever hear of Plaster of Paris? In fifth grade, we made Plaster of Paris animals. And they had like rubber mold, and you mix up the plaster of Paris, and you put it in the mold, and you let it get hard, and you had all kinds of little animals. All right? That was in fifth grade. And also in fifth grade, uh, we graduated with plaster of Paris to something a little more complicated, and that was this. So this, this is made of plaster of Paris. Put a little paper clip in the plaster of Paris when it was soft, and then we took black paint and we painted that. That wasn't too bad, I thought. But then, got a little older, and uh, maybe it was in high school, I don't know. Eh, yeah, maybe, I don't know. Eh, in eighth grade, probably. Then we did some wood carving. So we got a piece of wood, a piece of cherry wood, and we carved all around. And then we put glue in here, and then we sprinkled real fine gravel in there. So I thought that went okay, except the little doggy's mouth came off, and I had to make another one. And when I glued it on, all the grain goes this way, but his mouth goes this way. I guess the dog's mouth goes that way anyhow, doesn't it? I don't know, but anyhow. Too bad. I I enjoyed that. So, if you look, it's all crooked here where I didn't get it done too well. But that, I, I was fairly pleased. 
And then our teacher was a real artist, and she could draw anything she wanted. And then we had to draw something by hand or paint. Now, I never painted. But we made this little motto. And you had to put paint on the back and a little bit for the sky, see, for the background. The fruit of the Spirit is peace, Galatians 5.22. And I was pretty ashamed of this because, well, one of them was I put the eyes on the bird in the front. Birds don't look at you like this, but it's kind of silly looking. And and the green and black, yeah, it didn't work out too good, and whatever. I, I, I thought that was pretty poor. Because I just wasn't very good with being able to see things and draw them right and all that kind of stuff. But then one day... The teacher said, we're going to draw something from vanishing point to vanishing point. You ever hear of a vanishing point? Okay, we're going to draw something from vanishing point to vanishing point. And so, I'd be careful, this is really old. We drew a picture. See, over here is a little dot. If you look real close, there's a dot way down here. That's vanishing point. And this over here is vanishing point. So I drew a picture of a city from vanishing point to vanishing point. And it even has a Zap Root Beer Company on there. And it has a PC and T Company and a toy store and all that. Now, that I really like. And you, you see up in the corner? What does it say up in the corner? It says A. How do you like that? So, so what I'm saying is, even in art, some things you might not be too good at. Other things, you may get an A. So don't dislike art just because you painted the eyes on the bird on the front. Don't give up. And you know what else? The day came... When I was about 28 years old, eh, 30, I don't know, somewhere around 30 years old, and we decided that we needed a house. Can I come up here? Hold this side. Oh, maybe I can go myself. See that? That is how you draw the plans of a house. And then we have. Well, it's upside down. There you go. There you go. And then you had to draw the foundation, what the foundation was, where the steps were going to be, and over, over here's the porch, and all that. And then, uh, if you're going to build a house, you got to see what it looks like, right? Before you build it, you don't want to build a house if you don't know what it looks like. So there's a picture. I drew the picture of the house before we built it. Now guess where I learned that at? In art. Right? So you never know what you're going to learn when you have art. 
So if it's hard, just have courage like David, and you can slay that giant, and maybe somewhere down the road you can use what you learn. All right? Uh, number seven. Well, we're going to... Time to wrap this up here. We're going to the park. We need love. We need to care about how the other students feel. Now, my wife went to school where it was a girl, and she couldn't play softball for who? And you know what they called her? They called her the woodchopper. Was that nice? No. Now, how would you feel if you had to hit, you had to take your turn, and somebody out in the field said, Oh, here comes the woodchopper. You think you would really want to hit the ball very hard? No, you'd want to cry. That's what you'd want to do. Throw the bat down and say, I'm quitting. I'm not playing. So, we have to care about how others feel. If you're choosing a team, how would it like if you were the last one always picked? How would it feel if you were always the last one who would pick but one day there was a game and someone picked you first. Now that's caring how other people feel, right? So we need to have compassion. So we need to encourage someone that's struggling, maybe at recess or struggling in school. You can do your, your language arts. You can do math. You can those things. Couple more there. We'll run. Truthfulness. You gotta take truthfulness to school. Always be honest. If you're out, say I'm out. You ever go to school with somebody that never would admit they're out? Say you're out. I am not out. Yes, you were. Everybody says you're out. I'm not out. And then they get angry. Causes a lot of tension, a lot of problems. So we need to tell the truth. But don't be a tattletale. Teacher, Johnny did this, and five minutes later, you know, Susan did this, 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 and Hilda did this, 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 this. Teacher, don't need tattletales, but if she needs the truth and she asks you, tell her the truth, or he. Number nine, forgiveness. We need to be forgiving. Things happen in school. People get hurt. All right? So you have a choice. You can say, he tripped me. I know it was on purpose. Blah, 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 blah. And, and next week, you're still telling him how he tripped me on purpose. And the next week, you're still telling him how he tripped you on purpose. And that... Miserable, Right? Maybe the person didn't apologize, but you can still forgive. You know, when you forgive, you can be happy. Just lay it down, forgive, be happy, love them. The Bible says that we should, be, we should forgive just like we would like others to forgive us. 
so happened, so maybe we accidentally tripped somebody, would we want them to hold it against us all the time? No. So, nor to be happy, nor to be free, we need to forgive. Number ten, reverence. Reverence. We need to be reverent. Who is watching? God's watching. So we need to be reverent. God is watching everything that happens in the schoolroom. He's watching everything that happens at recess. He's watching everything that happens at lunchtime. He's watching. And you say, oh, that's scary. You know what? That's wonderful. Because you know what the Bible says? The Bible says that God is in heaven and His eyes are looking all over the world. And He's looking for people who want to do right. You know why He wants to find them? So He can help them. The Bible says He looks all over the world to show Himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is perfect before Him. So God is in heaven. He's looking in your schoolroom, whether it's at home, whether it's at wherever. And He's looking for you. Because if you're doing the best you can and you're doing right, He wants to help you to keep doing that. So the eyes of the Lord, that's oh, wonderful. God sees me. He knows my lesson's hard. He knows I want to do my best. And He's looking for me so that He can do the best. And the last one is trust. We need to trust. The Bible says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not unto your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct your paths. So trust God. God knows, He knows everything. He knows what grade you're in. He knows what's the hardest subject. He knows maybe if somebody doesn't treat you the best. He knows all those things. But He wants to bless you if you want to do what God wants you to do.